See me, I'm real plain and simple and direct. They call me Hot Rod. Everybody knows it. I don't have to say what I am, because I've done it. That's the difference between you and me. You talk about it, I do it. You know, I think we can all agree that Rowdy Roddy Piper was a fucking awesome promo, right? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ninja Nerd Warrior Week in Wrestling for May 3rd, 2021. I am your host, Greg Hernandez, and I want to do something a little bit different. Um, Honestly, wrestling has been boring as shit lately. It really has, like Raw and Raw and SmackDown are just kind of there. You have brief moments of awesome, like Roman Reigns is still killing it on SmackDown, Raw is just a three-hour life suck every week. Um, Dynamite's still doing okay, still doing good. Finally hit the over one million mark. So, But here's what I decided to do. Instead of just doing a recap of all the shows this week, which, let's face it, you and I are probably both getting bored to shit, uh, A&E has been doing some great biographies lately, and Dark Side of the Ring kicks off this Thursday. I am so stoked about that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about those because those are way more interesting. And this week it was, you know what? Last week was the Stone Cold Steve Austin doc. Awesome. I thought it was awesomely done. Do you know what? They actually brought back the Andre the Giant documentary that they did two or three years ago. And so watching both of those back to back was amazing. But then you talk about the Roddy Piper doc and all right, we are going to, this is going to be a, a, my disclaimer. All right. And I'm not going to call spoilers cause it's Roddy Piper. He's been dead for six years. If you don't know these stories by now, tough shit, but the disclaimer I'm going to put out there right now is that these documentaries aren't necessarily factual. <laughs> And it's not A&E's fault when you're dealing with workers. There's going to be a high bullshit content. We're workers. It's what we do. All right. Let me. Okay, folks. Wrestling is a business built on con men and bullshit. It is. All right. I'm not going to lie. I've been doing it for well over a decade. And we oversell everything. See, the bigger you make things the more tickets you sell and the more money you can make personally. So, and that doesn't just stop in the ring. Doesn't stop in the shows. If you know enough wrestlers, you have swallowed your amount of bullshit. You have, okay? So I'm just going to put that out there for you. When listening to a wrestler tell a story, the best you could hope for is maybe 80% factual. That, that's actually a pretty high percentage. Anyway, um, I thought this was great. The Roddy Piper doc was fantastic. Okay. It starts off with, I don't know who thought this was funny. Well, I know who thought this was funny. Vince McMahon thought this shit was funny. He was the only one. Getting ready to start a Roddy Piper documentary. And all of a sudden, Vince gets a phone call on his cell phone. And he starts talking out loud to Roddy Piper. Now, as previously mentioned, Hot Rod's been dead like six years now, okay? So, but Vince is talking to Roddy Piper on the phone, and he says, oh, hey, what's up, Roddy? Yep, no, I'm just getting ready to do an interview about you. No, all good things. So, 
Warm down there, huh? Saving a spot for me? He is insinuating that he is talking to Roddy Piper from hell. That, that is a gaping dickhole thing to do. It really is. I mean, they say never speak ill of the dead, but Vince McMahon is flat, pretty much flat out saying, yeah, Roddy's in hell. And then, of course, he tries to turn around at the end by going, Roddy's not in hell. He's in heaven. Still, gaping dickhole thing to do. So, but I thought they, t- they talked to his family a lot, and I thought that was great. You could tell the family, um, the family's awesome. His family, his kids, and his, his widow were amazing in this documentary because they told some great stories. And here's one that I thought was funny. Okay, so you have Colton Toombs. Is it Colton? Colt. Colt. Anyway, his son, I believe his only son, who's telling this story about Rod, Roddy was born in Saskatchewan, Canada. And he was, you know, his he moved around a lot because his dad was uh, a policeman who worked for the railroad. So he moved around a lot and he grew up on an Indian reservation. Here's where this shit gets funny. Because Colt says, yeah, my dad was the only white person on an Indian reservation. And they didn't really like white people back then. Because they love them now? Like, you're kidding, right? Like, you don't, okay, I laughed my ass off, all right? Here's why. I have a three-year-old niece who was half Native American. Her mom is, I, you know what, I, can't, I cannot remember what tribe her mom is. And I I apologize for that, Virginia, if you're listening, I cannot off the top of my head. I can't remember what tribe, but we spent Thanksgiving with her side of the family and sweet. They are all awesome. They are great. But her mom, oh my God, her mom just said, you know, we did the, we did the gimmick where we go around the table and say what we're thankful for. And her mom says, I'm just thankful we're still here. And I'm, I'm just sitting there like, do, like, was that a joke? Do, do I have permission to laugh at that? Uh, so I just kind of bit my lip until, you know, I, I tasted blood and I, I let the moment pass. But I, that, I was reminded of that when Colton says, yeah, you know, only my dad was the only white kid on an Indian reservation and they didn't like white people back then. Wasn't just back then, Colt. Just had to tell you, not just then. But then the family covers, you know, Roddy's growing up and how he pretty much left when he was 15 and he was homeless and, and somehow a priest got him into pro wrestling. That, that part I was kind of fuzzy on because Roddy's living on the streets and, you know, getting into some shady shit. And somehow this priest goes, have you ever thought about pro wrestling? And I went, you skipped some chapters in the story. How, how, how did this priest get Roddy into pro wrestling? But fuck it. We're going with the story. And then all of a sudden Roddy's in LA and he is, um, training down or not training, but he's doing shows at the Olympic. I live like 90 minutes from LA folks. I've never been in the Olympic auditorium. I, I consider it a waste, but he talks about training with Gene LaBelle. And for those of you who don't know Gene LaBelle, oh my God, look up judo Gene LaBelle. This is, this dude's got to be like 90 years old and I still wouldn't fuck with this guy. Gene LaBelle, Gene LaBelle was that old, just old style shooter. He was, okay, so in the, uh, in the old days, quick, quick history lesson, folks. In the old territory days, of course you had traveling champions and they would go town to town and all this blah, blah, blah. 
every once in a while, you would get a champion who didn't want to drop the belt. Basically thought he was bigger than the business. And you know what? Um, somebody dropped the title to you, and now you're refusing to drop the title to somebody else. Well, kind of a dick move. Yeah. So um, you didn't have that happen too often in the L.A. territory? Because here's what they did. Let's say you have fuckwit A who decides, nope, I'm the champion, not dropping the title today. Promoter wants him to drop the title to somebody else. Fuckwit A says, nope, I'm not doing a job. All they would do is they would walk over to Jean LaBelle's dressing room, knock on Jean's door and say, hey, Jean, you're up, buddy. And then Jean LaBelle would go into the ring tie this motherfucker into a Christmas bow, literally take the title off of him, and then Gene would turn around and drop the title to whoever they wanted the title on the next night. Gene LaBelle's reputation was simply do not fuck with Gene LaBelle. That, oh, we will go further. There is this urban legend that, they even said it in the documentary, that Gene LaBelle trained Bruce Lee. No, 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 that's not, that's not how I heard it. Um, the story I heard was that Jean LaBelle met Bruce Lee. They were very cordial, very respectful. How are you? How are you? Blah, blah, blah. And then they get into that argument of what's better, striking versus grappling. And Bruce Lee says, well, if somebody got close enough to take me down, I would just hit him or I'd kick him. And Jean says, no, you don't get it. Once you've been taken down, your strikes are shit. And then these two got into an argument. The argument got physical. Gene LaBelle choked Bruce Lee unconscious. And the next day, Bruce Lee showed up at Gene LaBelle's school and trained in grappling. That's how I heard that story. Now, not saying it's 100% true, but goddammit, it's entertaining. So when they say he trained Bruce Lee, technically Bruce got his first training lesson for free, I guess you could say. Anyway, Gene meets Roddy. And Gene... I can't say Gene introduced him to the business because he was already working shows in uh, in Canada and in the Midwest. But I think Gene kind of refined his technique. Um, Gene was telling the stories about, hey, you got to beat him with the dark side of the moon. And Roddy goes, well, what the hell is the dark side of the moon? <laughs> and Gene says, referee didn't see it. It doesn't happen. And then we get a video montage of Gene just brutalizing fuckers. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Gene LaBelle, look up some Gene LaBelle stories. I guarantee you they're going to be exaggerated a little bit, but Gene's still a badass. Like I said, dude's probably like 90. I, I have money. $200 says Gene LaBelle could still kick my ass. Just saying. Um, Gene LaBelle, also trainer for Ronda Rousey. And they brought that up. They touched on that. Gene was... Uh, Rhonda tells a story later on that she was looking for a fight name. And it was suggested to her, how about Rowdy Ronda Rousey? Okay. The way I've heard... I've heard Rhonda on Roddy's podcast when, when you know, Roddy Piper was had his podcast. And she told the story that she was training with Gene LaBelle. Gene LaBelle is the one who recommended Rowdy Ronda Rousey. And Rhonda said, well, that's Hot Rod. I, I don't want to take his name. Gene goes, give me a minute. Calls Roddy on the phone, puts, puts the phone in Rhonda's hand, and Rhonda personally got Roddy's permission to use Rowdy Ronda Rousey. 
So that's the story I heard. Uh, Rhonda, like I said, Rhonda said it on Roddy's podcast. I think it's cool as shit. So I brought that story in. But Gene, like I said, is Gene showing Roddy the ropes down in LA and they start going over stories from the Olympic and Roddy was a natural like they were talking about he was just a natural heel, just a giant dickhead right off the bat. And they talked about Roddy kind of feuding with the Guerreros. And they tell this story. Now, here's where we get into bullshit territory, folks. Here's here's where we get into kind of, you know, Roddy talks about this time when he he's feuded with the Guerreros and he wants to, you know, uh, the crowd at the Olympic, he said, was like 70 percent Hispanic. It's L.A. I, I totally believe that. And he said he you know, wanted to apologize and please stand. As a token of my, my apologies, I'm going to play the Mexican National Anthem. Folks, please rise and have a moment of silence for the Mexican National Anthem. And then starts playing La Cucaracha on the bagpipes. I laughed hysterically. Bullshit warning in three, two... Roddy said these people were so pissed they were ripping seats that were bolted into the ground, ripping them out and throwing them in the ring. So these people were not just angry. They were Hulk smash angry and ripped bolted seats out of the ground to throw them into the ring. Okay, I'm calling bullshit. I'm just going to call bullshit right there. Now, if Roddy had been stabbed which he was later on the documentary, that might have been us. That might have been one of my people. I'm not going to lie, okay? But um, don't know a lot of people who are who would rip a bolted seat out of the ground to throw it at you. That's, yeah. Again, folks, he's a worker. Gotta, story can't just be a 10. Gotta make it a 14. We can kind of gloss over Roddy in Atlanta and then working for Jim Crockett Promotions. Uh, he signs, Piper signs with Vince McMahon, and they immediately went into the rock and wrestling. And this is when, folks, if you're not, if you're not uh, aware of the rock and wrestling connection, this is when WWF exploded. All right? I grew up with Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling, the Saturday morning cartoon. I grew up with that shit. I wasn't even a wrestling fan back then, and I was watching this shit. But Hogan was huge. They needed the ultimate foil. They needed the ultimate villain. And Roddy fit that mold beautifully. Roddy shot his mouth off and Roddy, oh, there were times you wanted him dead. Oh, absolutely. And they talk about the, uh, the war to settle the score, which was this big show. It was kind of the pre-WrestleMania. It was a show at Madison Square Garden where Cindy Lauper comes out with Captain Lou Albano and they got this gold record and Roddy comes out and just fucking shatters the gold record over Albano's head. He hits the ground like a big bag of shit. Cindy Lauper is pushed down. She grabs Roddy's leg. Roddy kicks her in the head. He power slammed her manager and husband. And then you had Hogan does a run in. Snooka does a run in. You have NYPD. One one NYPD officer pulls a gun because it's NYPD and they've got to pull a gun. And you have these guys are like this is a shoot. They all think this is a shoot. The the cops have no idea this is a work. And Piper and uh, Bob Orton bail. They bail and, oh, that now it's on. And now they're going into WrestleMania 1. You've introduced Mr. T into the equation. 
And he, okay, here's where we're getting into some more worker bullshit territory. You have Hogan. All right, so the match was always Hogan, Mr. T versus Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. All right, these are all, that, that's in the history books. Hogan is saying that these guys, Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper, didn't want to do business because Mr. T was just an actor. And who the fuck is he? Why is he in our world? Bullshit. Bullshit. Now, I do realize there might have been a hint of that. That thought might have crossed their head, but they know this is Mr. T, the biggest action star in the world at this point. You don't think these fuckers want to do business? Bullshit. But of course, Hogan's saying how it's, it was his idea and he went to Roddy and, and you know, brother, you should be the one to do the job, preferably to Mr. T. Really? Hold on, no, no, wait, wait. You pitched Roddy the idea of jobbing to Mr. T. Then why the fuck did you pin Paul Orndorff? <laughs> Again, bullshit. Let's say, let's say Hogan went up and you know, brother, 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 he pitched the idea to Roddy, hey, you should do the job to Mr. T. And Roddy said, go fuck yourself. Because Roddy didn't do jobs back then. Roddy did not do jobs back in 86, 87. No, that, that, nope, that didn't happen. So why didn't Mr. T get the pin on Orndorff? No, Hogan got the pin on Orndorff. So right there, Hogan, you're full of shit. Here comes full of shit statement number two. Hogan tries to tell us, you know, I tried to tell Roddy you missed out on the paycheck of a lifetime. If you had, if you had done the job to me at WrestleMania, you'd be the richest man I ever met. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. Explain that to me. Explain to me how doing the job for Hulk Hogan would have made Roddy the richest person in the world. Bullshit. Okay? Here's why. Piper knew that... Piper was a smart guy. Piper, very smart guy. And he realized that everybody who did a run with Hogan, they did a good six, eight months. Hogan would beat them. They'd get moved down the car and eventually... Done. They were, they were out of the company. Happened to Morocco. Happened to Orndorff. Happened to Big John Stud. All of these motherfuckers did a run with Hogan, made a shit ton of money, I'm sure. But once Hogan beat them, they were gone. King Kong Bundy, another one. Roddy said, fuck you, you're not going to beat me. And Roddy had enough stroke to say, fuck you, you're not going to beat me and not get fired. Because Piper knew the moment this fucker beats me, I'm going to be mid-card, I'm going to be mid-card next show, and then in six months, I'm out of a job. I got kids to feed, fucker. You're not going to beat me. Piper, very smart businessman back then. Okay, so, yeah, for Hogan to say, oh, you missed out, you missed out on a, on a, a huge paycheck, brother. Bull fucking shit. At this point is when the doc kind of went off the rails. Now, I don't know if it was an editing problem or what, but they made it sound like... Piper did WrestleMania 1, then disappeared for five years to be in Hollywood, and then came back at WrestleMania 5. Yeah, no, that book's missing a few chapters. Because Piper main-evented Mania 1, fought Mr. T in a boxing match at WrestleMania 2, 
beat Adrian Adonis in a retirement match and messed with WrestleMania 3, skipped Mania 4, came back into the Piper's Pit at 5. Okay. Last thing I'm going to say about this documentary is they did a really good job of, again, like I just said, Piper didn't do jobs. Piper never did jobs. And then you get this quote from Piper that says, I don't lay my shoulders down for anybody, but when I do, I make somebody. And they immediately go to the WrestleMania 8 match against Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title. Fucking masterpiece of a match. It was, oh, that, that was a work of art. It was fantastic. And go back and watch that match. WrestleMania 8, Piper and Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title. Biggest match, biggest match in Bret Hart's career up to that point. It really was. Here's the part I loved to death, though. Here's the part I laughed my ass off. Because the story that Piper is telling through the promos is that he grew up with the Hart family, which is true, which is true. He was, he was born in Saskatchewan. He, when he learned to wrestle, he was in that area, went to Stu Hart and trained in the dungeon. That is true. That's absolutely true. Piper's promos, on the other hand, he's telling Bret Hart, I remember you when you were knee high to a grasshopper. I remember when your mom was changing your potty pants. Folks, Roddy Piper is three years older than Bret Hart. So, unless Stu Hart trained Roddy Piper when Piper was six, or Bret didn't start, uh, Bret wasn't potty trained until he was 13, um, I don't see how this story's true. I, I, I don't know Bret Hart. I don't know Roddy Piper. One of those is possible. I don't know. But just saying. When a wrestler's telling you a story, make sure to keep sniffing for bullshit. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, folks, if you, uh, I would highly recommend this documentary. I really would. So go to um, A&E, A&E's website. I'm sure it's still on there. I'm sure you can find this documentary on demand. Really worth checking out because they talk. I mean, his kids are fantastic. His kids are all grown. They're all adults. And they're telling their stories about dad, about their dad, Roddy. You know, he wasn't. He wasn't a pro wrestler of them. He was just dad. And they talked about how he would be on the road for 300 days a year, which is, I totally believe because workers of that era, there was no off season. There was like two years ago. We'll go two years ago. We'll skip over COVID. Um, these guys only work 180 days a year now. Cause they do when there was house shows, you'd have raw on Monday. You'd have house shows on no, Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm full of shit. See wrestler telling a story full of shit. Uh, TV tapings on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you had house shows Saturday, Sunday, and then they start over. So out of a seven day week, they would probably be home for three days, maybe four, depending. Um, I've heard varying, varying reports on that. But anyway, point being, they're only working three, maybe four days under normal house show schedule. Okay. Now they're only working like once a week, but that's COVID. Fuck you. Back then in, in Piper's day. Yeah. They were working 300 days a year. I totally believe that Hogan once said that he used to work 500 days a year. See, because he was flying country to country and crossing the international date line. And have I covered the part where if you're listening to a wrestler, it's probably bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that was, that's the Piper documentary and I would highly recommend it. I would definitely recommend going out and checking it out. Yesterday was the Randy Savage documentary. So that one's still on my DVR. I haven't had a chance to check that one out. So I'm probably going to cover that one for next week. I'm definitely going to cover that one from next week. 
so that's gonna be that's gonna be the format that I cover from now or for the foreseeable future. I'm gonna cover these documentaries. If anything notable happens on Raw, SmackDown, or Dynamite, then I'll talk about it. But yeah, I'm going to with these documentaries and then the Brian Pillman episode of Dark Side of the Ring premiering on Thursday. I'm diving headfirst into these documentaries. I'm loving these. But with that, I am going to bring up the main event of this show. And you know what, guys? I was talking about I'm getting back in shape because I've been vaccinated. Time to get my ass back on the road. And the guys up at Best of the West Wrestling have been incredibly kind to me. Uh, Mike Rain said, come on in. Come on in. Get back in the ring. Take a few bumps. Hit the ropes. Get your ass back in shape. Oh, God, folks. Oh, my God. Have you ever felt your lungs literally on fire? That's... Yeah, that's the level, the fitness level I'm at right now. I got in the ring and I hit the ropes like back and forth across the ring 10, 15 times and thought I was going to die. Oh my God. But (laughs) that, yeah, I was not prepared for that. Anyway, yeah, Best of the West has been incredibly kind to me. And like a week or two after I started training, they released their poster for their next show, it is going to be Best of the West Only Slams. Yes, I, uh, that's a, that title is genius. I absolutely love that title. The Only Slam show is going to be June 26th. And I actually got to sit down with Mike Rain and with Josh, Josh Dudson. Sorry, Josh. Josh Dudson. And they got to tell me about, you know, what it was like operating because they kept they kept running they kept running their gym through covid you know they took all the necessary necessary precautions and they had guys who were still training still trying to learn their business and and hone their craft and now that there's finally a light at the end of this covid tunnel they are going to try to put on their first show in over a year so i'm gonna go uh, i'm gonna go to that interview real quick and this is mike rain and josh judson all right, so I'm here with the guys from Best of the West, and what's going on, guys? How you guys doing today? Uh, doing good. Just preparing for uh, our first show uh, post-COVID coming up here. Right. Now, we just got finished with training, and thank you guys for letting me come get my fat ass back in shape. Anytime, anytime. But we wanted to come in, and you guys have got your first show coming up, June 26th. Uh, this is the first one we've done in about a year. So how's it been to kind of be out of, out of commission this long? Oh, uh, well, I think just like everybody else at it sucks. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, this is our passion. This is what we put our time and our effort into. And uh, we've continued to train. We never closed down. We stayed open through the entire pandemic. Um, so we have students who have been training. Some of them are two years into their training now, and they didn't get a chance to debut because yeah. COVID, you know, robbed that from them. So uh, we're ready. Our students are ready. Our roster is ready, who has been anxious for shows to come back, and our fans are ready. We have gotten hundreds of emails uh, ever since things started to get a little bit better, asking us, when are we going to come back? When is the first show going to be? And just like everything else, we haven't been able to tell anybody except watch the news and uh, right. let's see when we're allowed to run. We, we have a venue, we have a building, we have a ring, we have a hungry roster, but we got to get the clearance that we can run, and well, we have that clearance. So June now, you guys were running like pretty religiously, like once a month mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. before all this, right? Yeah. We were, and the last show we ran was the show before our anniversary show. So our anniversary show was two weeks from happening uh, when 
everything shut down. So we were right around our year four um, anniversary. We expected to sell out crowd. Um, had a lot of big stuff lined up, you know, and that just like so many other events and so many other things, not just in wrestling, but across the board, uh, got taken away and put on pause. Now, you guys say you guys keep training, but um, what, who do we, like, did you guys bring in anybody new or was it just maintaining your, the students you already had? Um, well, at the start of this, it was just maintaining the students we already had. And like a lot of people, some of our students were a little spooked by everything and, and we dwindled down at our worst to about three or four guys. And that, that's down from classes of 15 to 20. Uh, you know, and I totally understand people's concern and wanting to keep their family safe. So, you know, it, it was understandable. But, yeah, we had about three or four guys who this is what they live for and they weren't going to let anything stop them from continuing to master their craft. Um, in the last six months, we have signed up several new students as well as just lots of the other guys have been coming back, especially now with vaccinations going out. Um, to, to the point where almost all of our students are back and some of the last few remaining has been popping up in the group chat saying, hey, I'm waiting on that last shot and I'll be in soon, you know? Yeah, because I mean, like we said, we just finished training right now and you guys do have a talented crew. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what they got on a live show. Mm -hmm. But who do we have to look forward to as far as, you know, you debuts? Know, I mean, for in-house uh, guys, I mean, uh, Prince Gabriel had already debuted, but he was only about a year into matches when COVID hit and he is, has not missed a day of training this entire pandemic. So the jump in his ability and confidence in, in the ring is going to be off the charts. Uh, Vinny Wasco, who was trained by Robbie Phoenix and chaos at Santino bros. Uh, we sort of adopted him when Santino bros went under and he, for being only a year in the business when COVID hit, he is just a ring general. And uh, I think that he is going to turn a lot of heads. I think that he should be on every show on the fucking West Coast. And, uh, you know, people are going to see that kid's ability, you know. And uh, beyond him, we have a student named Alejandro who was an amateur wrestler. wrestler. Uh, he's a hell of an athlete. He's one of the guys who, you know, he was in this year's Young Lions Cup. Um, but that was his debut because of yeah. COVID. The poor guy's first match was in a tournament of all the, like, promising rookies. Um, and, and then we have Travis, who, who's a cruiserweight with a ton of ability, who's really thrown himself at this during COVID. There's many more, but those are the guys that I think are going to make the biggest splash this year um, from our end. But on top of that, you just have the rest of our roster and all the guys that we bring in across the state. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who has continued to chip away at their craft, whether they were just doing sit-ups in a bedroom or, or, you know, running around the block or wrestling their pets. I don't know, you know, like it's going to be interesting to see who has been continuing to work on their craft. And of course we do expect there to be a little ring rust on some people, but we're doing our best to book the guys that we know are ready to come back and ready to go strong. It is really hard to do this without a ring. Yeah, it oh, really sure. is because I've stayed. I mean, I've tried to do as much as I could, um, but even that, like, it doesn't replicate being in a ring. Not no. at all. Yeah, as soon as as soon as the gym shut down, I bought like a hundred dollars worth of uh, resistance bands, and I was mm -hmm. just doing anything I could. And you guys saw me my first day back. I'm like, my lungs were on fire. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna die. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't. It like you said, it just doesn't compute. You know, uh, you could run around the block. You could do resistance bands. You could 
carry logs on your shoulders. But the thing is, is that when you are in a wrestling ring, you're not just doing cardio. You're not just doing weightlifting. You're doing calisthenics. You're falling down. You're getting up. You're getting slammed. You're jumping. You're running. You're rolling. There is nothing that directly correlates to in-ring cardio like wrestling in the ring. No. Uh, our most fit member of Best of the West, the wise guy, uh, he hadn't wrestled in this long time, and he looks like you know he was chiseled out of stone. The guy is in fantastic shape. He wrestled his very first match here, and he just laid in the ring and asked if someone could come take his boots off afterwards. Yeah, so there's no... It doesn't matter what good a shape you are. If you're not in ring shape, you're going to be gassed. And, so. and these first few shows coming back, it's going to be really interesting to see you know, how guys re react to going, oh man, I took a year off and I am just, I can't... I don't know if I can keep doing this. Because they didn't keep up with it and now their cardio's gone. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know, any, it might be muscle memory on certain stuff, but just being able to go eight to 10 minutes, some people aren't going to be able to do it. Yeah. That's why I was glad you guys opened up. Cause I was like, I'm not just going to start working shows again. Like I need to get in there, mm -hmm. start doing, I'm even just basic roles. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everything just running the ropes, just up and overs. I mean, the basics are important, uh, not only just to do them correctly, but also that cardio just can't be understated, you know, and, no. need, and, and I, I hope that. You know, everybody has the same mentality as you do and is like, I'm not just going to show up at a show and wing it. Like, I hope that everybody makes an effort, um, not just here, but at any open school, any open ring, make the drive like you did. You may make a drive down here to practice every week. Um, this business is about sacrifice, you know, and you got to put in the time, you know, to, to perform. Right. Now, have you guys, do you guys have kind of a look of like the final card yet, or are you guys still working on it? Um, we're still working on it. Uh, we had a few people that we contacted who were sort of waiting on maybes. Uh, we do have like a couple of the headline guys booked in place. Like we do know that Funny Bone will be here, who has, you know, all been one of our top stars in not only Best of the West, but literally every iteration of every company that I've Oh, yeah, I've been, I've been in the ring with Funny Bone several <laughs> that, times. That I have ever been involved with Funny Bone is always there. Uh, Funny Bone will be here. Super Beast will be here. Um, Anton Voorhees will be making his in-ring debut for us. He did host um, the Virgil Flynn Memorial Tournament, but he had a broken arm at the time and did not compete. Um, for those who don't know who Anton Voorhees is, he is one half of the caution. Caution. At Hood Slam, and uh, is a hell of an athlete, and we're very excited. For oh no, Anton's great! Day. I got to work him one time um, at uh, Sencal. I was there. Planet Lucha. Yeah, yes, I got you to worked them as a tag team. Yes, I yeah, no, yes, they were yes. great to work with. Yes. I loved working with them. Great guys. So we're very excited to have him make his debut with us. Of course, Wise Guy will be here, and a lot of our in town uh, guys will be here. Johnny Butavi will be here. The Commissioner AGB will be here to the chagrin of our crowd. God, I love uh, AGB. Yeah. Kyle Newport, uh, you know, we're, um, we also have uh, Lisa Lace coming in for uh, the female workers, you know. So we are going to have a women's uh, match with Crystal White making her debut for us here to face Lisa Lace. So um, not everything has been announced yet, but we do have, like I said, a couple good things uh, to look forward to, and we're excited oh, yeah. about it. I love see. I love watching Lisa work mm -hmm. because I've known Lisa since she was since she was a student at mm -hmm. APW. Yeah, and I remember she when she blew her knee out, mm -hmm. had to have reconstructive surgery and was out for a year. 
And to see what she's done since then, oh my God, I just, I'm so proud of her. Oh, she's hungry. She works hard. She's a fellow member of the roster at Hood Slam like me. So I've really got to see her come into her own and build that confidence. And she's been a mainstay here at Best of the West since we started. And she's been on almost nearly every single event that we did. Several tours of Europe Europe as well. Yes, yes. Right before COVID hit, actually put some time out there. And as far as I know, she was planning on going back when the world shut down, you know. So hopefully she'll get back out there on the road once uh, Americans are welcomed on foreign yeah. ground. And, uh, well, you gotta no, be, they, they said you got to be vaccinated. Yeah. But uh, she will be here uh, on June 26th. If I can get vaccinated, anybody can get vaccinated. <laughs> oh, man. And I, I, I took the Johnson & Johnson one. Then I heard about the blood oh, clots later. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Just my luck. <laughs> but all right, guys. So, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, we'll plug that one again. It's Best of the West, June 26th. Only slams. Only slams. Only slams, which is a great. You guys have put the poster out. I saw that and I yeah. popped huge. I'm like, that is fucking fantastic. It had to be done. It, it, only option. And we had we had to do it before somebody else did it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Only slams, June 26th. There will be a for sale t-shirt that is only available that day. So if you want to get your own Only Slams t-shirt, be here in attendance at our return on June 26th. All right, now where can they find you online, social media? Facebook, uh, that'd be my job. Uh, <laughs> uh, Facebook, uh, just look at Best of the West Wrestling, um, BOTW.TV, well, there we can, we'll be announcing future shows, ticket availability, things like that. Um, we're on YouTube. Oh so yeah, you also on YouTube. Yeah, you can check out previous episodes. Check out some of our best matches. Get an idea of uh, what we're all about. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can find a few of our events on Amazon Prime. If you search for Best of the West, I believe we have a couple of our anniversary shows up there. Yep. So, all right, guys, I'm going to let you guys go because you guys probably want to get home. But thank you guys so much for kind of sitting down. And um, you know what? Any future events, let me know, and we'll come back in, and we'll plug those events for you. We'll do, man. Thank you for your time. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye. All right. That was Mike Rain and Josh Judson from Best of the West. And, um, hey, Mike, Josh, if you guys wonder why I didn't come up and train today, uh, it's because I was doing this show. All right? So, hope that's okay. All right, so that's going to be it for this show, folks. And I am Greg Hernandez, the Ninja Nerd Warrior. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like the podcast, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or you can go straight to ninjanerdwarriorpodcast.com. I also have merch still available at prowrestlingtees.com slash ninjanerdwarrior. And um, yeah, I'm out of shit to plug. So, all right, folks, I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. All right, guys, thanks for letting me pay some bills there. And I am the Ninja Nerd Warrior, and you can find me on all forms of social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And feel free to go on any of those and drop me a line. Send me a message. Let me know if you like the show. Um, if you don't like the show, don't don't hit me up. And uh, <laughs> you can also 
Find this podcast anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And with that, I will say goodnight, and uh, I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.